Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canall. Today on the episode, we are actually going to take a listener question. So we had a listener question submitted, and we're going to break it down, answer the question directly, but more importantly, give a framework for all of you to think about this, because I think it's a question that everyone's going to have at some point or another, and really just, as I mentioned, give a direct answer, but more importantly, give a way that you can think about this so that you can apply this to your specific situation. So let's jump in. Here is the question. I have listened to several episodes where you talk about how much you will need for secure retirement. The question I have is how do I incorporate social security into the picture if I'm retiring early? Most calculators do not take that into consideration. The general rule of thumb is 25 times your expenditures, but again, that doesn't take into your expected social security payments or taxes into consideration. If I want to retire in two years at age 60 and have approximately a portfolio of $2.5 million with the desired after-tax income stream of $100,000, do the numbers work? I would love a framework of how to look at this. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for that question. It's an excellent question. And at the core of it, what it's saying is everyone's heard, or maybe most people have heard of, there's a general rule of thumb of how much you can take out of your portfolio, whether it's 4% or 5%. You want to make sure you're not taking out too much too early, because if you do, you, you might run into an issue where you don't have enough income, or you don't have enough portfolio value to last you through what could be a very long retirement, the way life expectancies are going. But the question is saying, how do I factor that in or how do I account for that, but also account for the fact that when I retire, I might not need a consistent amount out of my portfolio every year. I might need one amount before Social Security kicks in to meet my needs, but I might need a different amount after Social Security kicks in. So that's the specific question. The way you can think about this, if if you're listening, is what income sources might you have in retirement? And are they all going to be there all at once or are they going to stagger in or are they going to come and go at different times? So let's address the question directly. Again, thank you for the question. This is a really, really important thing to think about. But let's just start with what you're saying. So you're saying that the general rule of thumb is 25 times expenditures. Now, that is true. That is looking at the rule of thumb of a withdrawal rate of 4%. If you listen to episode number 27, where I talk about sustainable withdrawal rates, that number might actually be closer to 5%, 5 5.5%, depending on the way you manage your portfolio. But let's use 4% just because that's the way that the question was asked. So if you're living on 25 times your expenditures, what that means is your portfolio, you're withdrawing 4% per year from it. Now, one thing that I don't know from this question is I do not know when you're going to collect Social Security, but I'm going to make an assumption so we can actually walk through a practical example of that. Let's assume that you collect Social Security at age 62. So you retire at age 60. I'm going to assume that you collect Social Security at age 62 just to illustrate what that might look like. For the sake of easy math, I'm going to assume that your annual Social Security benefit at 62 is $20,000 per year. In the start, I'm not going to factor taxes into this, but I'll factor that in after. So what does this look like? Well, if you want to be able to live on $100,000 per year, that's a great starting point. But again, that's not factoring in Social Security. So if Social Security is going to be $20,000 per year, what that means is that 80,000 needs to come from your portfolio. So if you want to live on 100,000, 20,000 is coming in from social security, 80,000 is the amount that needs to come from your portfolio starting at age 62 in this example. Now, if we want to see how much portfolio do you need 
to be able to generate $80,000 per year. And if we're using a 4% withdrawal rate, then what we do is we, we divide 80,000 per year by 4%. And what that does for us is that gives us a number of $2 million. It means that if we have $2 million in our portfolio and we take out 4% per year, that comes out to exactly $80,000 per year that we would use to supplement social security in this example. Now, you actually have $2.5 million in your portfolio. Going back to the listener question. So you have $2.5 million in your portfolio and you want to be able to sustain $100,000 per year all the way throughout retirement. So you have $2.5 million and what we've seen so far, just to recap, is you'd actually need $2 million starting at age 62 if your social security benefit is in fact $20,000 per year and if you do in fact collect at that time. So I hope that's making sense so far. We need $2 million at age 62 to supplement Social Security and have $100,000 per year. But the next step is you're retiring at 60. And at 60, there is no Social Security. So the question becomes, what do I do from age 60 to 62? And there's a few different ways to look at this. But let's just go through a simple one. So you, essentially, you need to determine where is income going to come from for age 60 and age 61 before Social Security starts. Well, to recap. We know that you need $2 million in your portfolio by age 62 to support income for the rest of your life. If you retire at age 60 without any help from Social Security, what we know is you have, I'm going to call it excess. You have an extra $500,000 in your portfolio that you don't, and I'm using air quotes here, that you don't need. Meaning you have $2 million is going to do the job from 62 and beyond, which means the extra $500,000 in your portfolio you have, one thing that you can consider doing is of that amount, simply set aside two years of living expenses in cash or super conservative investments. So if you need 100,000 at age 60, and if you need 100,000 at age 61, consider taking $200,000 of your portfolio, keep that in cash or keep it in some very conservative example. And what you're going to do is you're, you're almost, you're marking that to live on for the first two years. And you're managing the rest of your portfolio in a way that could generate living expenses using the 4% withdrawal rate rule or the, the 5% withdrawal rate rule, whatever you determine it's going to be, but you, you set aside two years of living expenses. So what that means just to walk through it is you turn 16, you retire. You no longer have a salary, but you also don't have social security. So that first year, you take out $100,000 from your portfolio. And it's just sitting there in cash or it's sitting there in a very conservative investment so you can count on it. It's not invested in the stock market. It's not in anything that could fluctuate a whole lot. You pull that out year one of retirement. You turn 61. Well, you have another $100,000 of cash or conservative investment sitting there. And you pull that out. And so that funds age 61, your second year of retirement. Then by age 62, assuming you had no portfolio growth, just to keep this simple, you would still have $2.3 million in your portfolio. And that's the amount that would be invested in a way that could generate the 4% per year for you to live on the equivalent of $100,000 per year between investment withdrawals and social security from 62 and beyond. Okay. So that's just a very simple way of looking at it to say, how do you start at age 60 and you take out one amount for the first couple of years and then a different amount from 62 and beyond more is coming in from social security at that point, less is needed from your portfolio. That's one way of looking at it. Now I made a big assumption here. I assumed that you're going to begin collecting social security at age 62 which might not actually be the case. In many cases, it's actually not the best idea to collect at 62, depending on life expectancy, depending on other factors. So what if you were to wait until age 66 or 67? How would that change this example? Well, as I mentioned, this is just one very basic way of looking at it. It's kind of a mental framework that you can apply to looking at this situation. 
There are many other ways of doing it, but in this basic scenario or this kind of basic framework that we're talking about, well, if you were to wait until 66 or 67, then you have two things that you need to factor in. By age 66, if you're gonna collect then, your social security income would be higher. So if your social security income is higher, there's less that you would need to rely on from your portfolio at that time. So you would hypothetically need less in your portfolio to supplement social security to live on $100,000 per year, but you would also need to set aside more upfront to cover more of the burden of those living expenses for the first six years of retirement now. So instead of just setting aside $100,000 for two years, you might need to do that same thing for the first six years or for seven years, depending on when social security kicked in. So you're looking at your portfolio, and even though it's just one portfolio, you're almost doing some financial engineering, or you're almost separating it into different buckets to say one portion of your portfolio is going to cover the early years of living expenses. The early years being those years where there is no social security, and you need to have a fixed conservative amount that you can rely upon. The latter years, which is kind of when social security begins and beyond, that's where you're kind of switching to that framework of, okay, how do I manage my portfolio in a way that it can generate 4% per year or 5% per year or whatever the way you're structuring your portfolio is going to be to supplement social security and do so in a way where your income stays at 100000 per year. You're just taking less from your portfolio because more is now coming in from social security. So I hope that's a helpful way of thinking about it. There are other ways, but this is probably the most simple way, just a good basic framework to think through. The next part of the question, though, is this does not account for taxes. You mentioned this in your question. You said, how does the withdrawal rule, how does that factor in Social Security if it doesn't start right away and it doesn't factor in taxes? So if you want to factor in taxes, the first thing that you need to look at is what's the makeup of the accounts that you have? Is this whole $2.5 million in a 401k? Well, if so, then everything that you pull out is going to be taxable. So whatever your withdrawal rate, you might actually end up keeping 80% of that or 75% of that, depending on your tax bracket and what state you live in. If all of it was Roth IRAs, now that's not likely. It's very rare to have that much in a Roth IRA. But if it were, none of it would be taxable. So you could just use a very simple, basic, take 4% out and you keep 4%. So you take 4% out because there's no taxes, you keep the whole thing. If you take 4% out of a 401k, it might be the equivalent of like taking 3% out when you take taxes into account. So in episode 39, I actually talked about tax efficient ways to pull funds out of your portfolio in retirement. And the goal, of course, is to see how can I keep taxes low today, which is a priority. But more importantly, how do I keep taxes low also in the future? So often people look at taxes so much today and keep taxes so low today that they end up creating a significant tax burden for themselves in the future. So in episode 39, I talked about how do you create a strategy where you take out different amounts from different types of accounts, whether it's Roth IRAs or 401ks or just standard investment accounts, trying to take money out in a way that manages the tax brackets that keeps you from bumping up into higher tax brackets. It's a difficult question to answer directly if I don't know the makeup of the accounts that you have, but I would refer you back to episode 39. And at the end of the day, what you're going to do is you want to know what's the amount that you're going to have in social security after taxes. So start with that as a baseline. So I'll use someone living in California as an example. I live in California. California taxes a lot of things, but social security is not taxed. So when you look at your income here, right away, I know whatever I'm coming in or whatever's coming in from social security, there is no state tax on that. So if I'm going to receive 20,000 in social security, well, after state taxes, I still have 20,000. Well, then at the federal level, I know that no more than 85% of my social security benefit is going to be included in my federal taxable income. 
So what that means is that it doesn't mean that 85% of your social security benefit is taxed. It means that no more than 85% of your social security benefit will be included in your taxable income. So just to use some round numbers, maybe 10% social security total is taxed when we factor in those two things. Well, if that's the case, then my $20,000 social security benefit is really an $18,000 social security benefit. Then from there, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to see, okay, I need to pull out another $82,000 from my portfolio, but after taxes. And this is when tax strategy really comes into play. If everything that you have is in a 401k or if everything that you have is in a Roth IRA, then for better or worse, there's really not much planning that you can or, or need to do. It's just anything that you pull out, it's fully taxable. Where the planning comes into play is when you have different types of accounts. You have a pre-tax account, like a traditional IRA or 401k. You have a tax-free account, like a Roth IRA. And then you have an account like just a standard investment account where capital gains are taxable, but any principal you pull out is not. So that's where you can really look to manage your tax bracket to try to stay under certain thresholds. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to see, can I take 4% out of my portfolio? And what's the most tax efficient way to do it? So I keep as much as possible of that today and also don't do anything that's going to sabotage my future withdrawals by deferring too much of my taxable accounts into the future. So again, episode 39, I talk a lot more about that. What's the most tax efficient way to pull funds out? I use some examples, but for the sake of today's conversation, I just want to provide the framework of how do you think about this when different income sources, in this case, social security, maybe in your case, pension, rental income, other income sources like that, how does that factor into the withdrawal rates that you're going to take? But then the second question is absolutely, how do you keep taxes as low as possible? Now, some things to consider. You know, I want to provide a specific and direct answer, but I also want to provide a framework for, for how you can think about this. Some things to consider are just going to start with your expenses. Does this $100,000 factor in healthcare costs? When you're looking at retirement expenses, you want to take a snapshot of your, your current expenses today. You want to know which of your expenses are going to remain the same, which of your expenses are going to go up. Oftentimes, healthcare is one of those expenses and which expenses might go away potentially. So things to consider, does that $100,000 factor in healthcare costs, other costs like that, or is that simply what you're living on today? Other things to consider, is there going to be any part-time work? If you retire at 60, for example, and then you work part-time, even if you're owning, only earning, say, $20,000, $30,000, it might not seem a lot compared to where you were earning or what you were earning before that, but that significantly reduces the amount that you need to take out of your portfolio those first couple of years. It puts less pressure in your portfolio, which frees you up to be able to manage it a little bit differently to ensure that you're maximizing growth throughout retirement while also keeping enough liquid and available for you to live on as needed. And then of course, social security. You need to determine when is it best to take that. We looked at 62, we looked at 67 as an example. Really your decision on when you should collect social security should be based upon your overall plan your income needs, your life expectancy, your other assets? How does it all tie together to ensure that you're maximizing not just social security, but how does social security in turn allow you to maximize everything else that you have going on for you as well? So this was a simple framework and it will be different depending on many things. So number one, when you retire, when you retire will certainly impact this. It will impact this because if you retire at 67, well, you're already eligible for social security. Whereas in this example, we looked at what if you retire at 60? And so the first couple of years, social security would not even be possible to collect. So that's certainly going to factor in. Number two, the social security benefit you're going to receive is certainly going to impact this. I assumed a number, but that number is likely going to be different than what it actually is for you. So as you're looking at this, look at what your social security benefit would actually be. Is there any spousal benefit that you might receive? Those are things that you want to make sure that you're looking at. 
other income sources we didn't factor in. So this was purely portfolio and this was social security. And for the listener that submitted this, that's maybe the extent of it. But as you're looking at this example, or you're looking at this question for yourself, what other income sources would there be? Is there a pension? Is there rental income? Is there any part-time work? Are there any future inflections of income or cash, whether from an inheritance or selling a property or selling a business or anything like that? And then again, looking at your specific expenses. We looked at $100,000 in this case, which is a great place to start. And this may be perfect for the listener that submitted this question. That might be exactly how much was needed for their plan. But for you, understand what your expenses are. How does the amount that you need impact what you should do with your withdrawals and how you should coordinate that with withdrawals from social security and other income sources? Now, if you're listening to this and you're saying, geez, James, there are so many moving pieces, maybe more moving pieces than I even realized there were before listening to this episode. And in fact, I'm more confused now than I was just 15 minutes ago before we explained this. If that's the case, well, this is the exact type of work that we do for clients. If you need assistance or if you would like a professional second opinion on what you're doing, feel free to reach out. On the Ready for Retirement webpage, which can be found at readyforretirement.co, there is a page there that says work with James or even just reach out to James. I would be happy to, to check in with you, to chat with you about how do you apply these types of concepts to your specific situation because there's only so much that we can do when it comes to broad guidance. Your situation is going to be different than my situation. It's just going to be different than the next person's situation. So if you want to see how do you customize something like this or anything for that matter to your unique goals and your unique financial needs, feel free to reach out and we'll be happy to help you with that. Number two, if you're listening to this and say, oh, that's really helpful. I have a question that I would love for James to answer on a future episode. You can also go to readyforretirement.co. So it's readyforretirement.co. And there's another page that's just called submit your question. And you can submit a question that I'll answer in a future episode. Because if you have a question, chances are very good. Other people have that same exact one. And it's helpful to go through specific questions just to flush out both the direct answer as well as a framework for how to think about it. So that is it for today. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for the question. And I will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.